Good morning, everyone, and welcome uh, to our service as I add my welcome to Edwards. It's my privilege this morning to bring a message from the Bible as part of our online service. Over recent weeks, Edward and I have been speaking on a series called Messy Church, taken from Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Looking at that letter, it was a church that Paul loved. He established it, he planted it, he helped it to grow. It was a dynamic church, a vibrant church, but also at times a chaotic church and a very messy church. Paul writes his letter to encourage those believers to keep their eyes on Jesus. Paul has much to say about what it means to be a church that keeps Jesus at the centre. Of the many issues that Paul addresses, one of them is the area of worship. He taught about the Lord's Supper. We looked at that a few weeks ago. He teaches about spiritual gifts and about love. But worship was an area of church life that had got a bit messy, a bit self-indulgent. And today I want to focus on that verse that Sally read to us from 1 Corinthians 14. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. And I've entitled this talk, How Can We Grow From Here? So let's just pray together. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and fill our lives, to help us see Jesus more clearly, that we may walk in faith with our eyes upon him. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us and that you want us to draw near to you. So be with us as we look at this passage together, as we think of the things that you are saying to us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul is writing out of love to this church. He misses them. And we can relate to that. I can relate to that. One of the things I'm missing about church is you, all of you. That special thing when we gather together as church to worship God in the presence of God. There's something special, unique about that. As we encourage one another to keep walking closely with God, keep growing in God. Don't get me wrong, I'm so grateful for the modern technology that we have. We would be lost without Pete and with others who contribute to our online service. It is a real gift. And that means we can keep encouraging one another to grow in our faith, our relationship with God. Encouraging one another to grow deeper in our prayer lives, to read our Bibles regularly, to spend time with God, to listen to him, and to keep on asking him to fill us with his Holy Spirit. Often on our After Alpha courses, when we talk about how do we grow as Christians, those simple things, those disciplines, are key to growing in Christ. So that we might become the people God wants us to be. And it's so wonderful that God wants us to grow in him, wants us to know him more, to hear from him, because he cares for us. Recently, I was in, in prayer, just talking to God about all that was going on here and in the world. And uh, just for a moment, I had an anxious thought. And just as I was praying, I heard God say in my spirit, 
I've got this. I've got you, Philip. It just brought me back from that moment. We know that he loves us. He loves you. He is with us. He is with you. I asked Sally to read the Psalm 42 today as it describes an intense longing for God. The writer brings his heart, his anxious thoughts to God. And for whatever reason, he is unable to worship with God's people at that time. And he pours out his soul to God and then he speaks to his own soul. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my saviour and my God. It brings him back to trust and hope and faith. Whatever the situation, he knows it will pass. And God is enough. God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit is enough. Circumstances may threaten, but faith overcomes and he paints that beautiful picture doesn't he of that heart longing after God as the deer pants for streams of water and I believe that's Paul's heart for the Corinthians as he writes to them that they have that longing for God renewed that they may grow in God the Corinthian church was alive with charismatic Christianity some of it glorious Some of it not so. Some had lost their way. Some were getting carried away with their spiritual gifts. It was becoming a little self-indulgent. And Paul reminds them at the beginning of chapter 14 to make love your aim. Edward spoke about uh, that amazing passage, 1 Corinthians 13, about love. If you don't have love, you don't have anything. All those gifts of the Spirit without love just an empty noise. And in chapter 14 at the beginning, he encourages the believers to continue to eagerly desire the spiritual gifts and especially prophecy because the proper use of those gifts builds and encourages and strengthens the body. Especially prophecy, he says. Now about prophecy... If we think about prophecy at all, we may think of the amazing men and women of God in the Old Testament. People who spoke the word of God boldly into their situations, but also brought that word of God for the future. Amazing men like Isaiah, who spoke about Jesus 600 years before he came, even about the way he would die, even about the new heaven and new earth that he would bring. Prophets like Micah, who prophesied where Jesus would be born. Joel, who prophesied the day of Pentecost, when God would pour out his spirit on all believers. Other great prophets like Elijah and Elisha, among many others. And when the Old Testament closes, it seems that there is silence. There's 400 years of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament. But then Jesus comes, just at the right time. And with the coming of Jesus, there is an outpouring of prophecy yet again and prophets. Zechariah and Elizabeth prophesy. Simeon and Anna prophesy. And John the Baptist, the forerunner, prophesies about Jesus. And Jesus, the fulfillment of all Old Testament prophecy, 
comes as that humble, suffering servant. He lays aside his majesty and becomes one of us. Jesus, the greatest prophet of all, who spoke the very words that God speaks. He tells us that he speaks only what his Father in heaven tells him to say. Jesus is filled with the Holy Spirit at baptism, the greatest prophet. There is no prophet greater than Jesus. He is God with us, the Word made flesh. Jesus, who saw Nathaniel before he ever met him, he noticed him. Jesus, who knew the name of a tax collector in Jericho who was up a tree trying to get a good view, he knew him. Zacchaeus, come down, I'm coming to your house today. Jesus, who knew all about a Samaritan woman, he noticed her. She called him a prophet. I see you are a prophet, she said. And Jesus changed her life. He knew her, he saw her, he loved her, he rescued her. And then when she ran to the town, she exclaimed, come see the man who told me everything I'd ever done. Could he be the Messiah, the Christ? Yes, he is. After the feeding of the 5,000, the crowd said, surely this is a prophet. And when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey on what we regard as Palm Sunday, the crowd shouted, this is Jesus, a prophet from Nazareth. Jesus, our perfect prophet, priest, king, saviour and Lord. Jesus, who knew who would betray him. Jesus, who knew that Peter would deny him three times. Jesus, who wept over Jerusalem, for he knew what would happen to the city just 40 years later. Jesus, who said to his disciples, wait until the Holy Spirit comes and clothes you with power so that you might be my witnesses in Judea, Jerusalem, to the ends of the earth. And that promise was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. Turning the church into that missionary movement, turning those early disciples into world changers, lighting the flame of the gospel. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy And prophecy is a gift of the Spirit for the church. Jesus wants that ministry of prophecy to continue within the body of Christ because we can all hear from God. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. My sheep know my voice. And Paul says that prophecy among the spiritual gifts is given to encourage and strengthen and comfort. And so he says, eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Prophecy comes in a number of ways. It can be a direct word from God. It can be a scripture that is emphasized, a picture revealed, a word of knowledge or revelation or prediction, a tongue or interpretation, all in line with scripture. As a church, Camden Baptist Church, we moved uh, to meet in the school hall as a result of a prophetic word that was given to us. We'd planted two churches and we were getting full again in this building and we were asking God what next. And a visitor came and, and he brought a word from 2 Kings 4. 
It's that story of a widow who had two sons and she was in debt. And she asks the prophet Elisha for help. And Elisha asks these things. He says, tell me what you have. And she says, I have nothing but a small jar of oil. And the prophet speaks into that situation and he said, go and ask your neighbors for as many empty jars as you can find and pour out the oil that you have into all those jars. And the oil kept flowing until every jar was full. And then he said, go and sell the oil, pay off your debts and live on the rest. And the word that came with that was to make more room for God. And we pondered on that, we prayed on it, and we believed it meant that we should move from this building into a bigger building to make more room. Yes, to grow numerically, and we did. We ended up putting more chairs out. We couldn't fit back into this building. But more importantly, new ministries began to be birthed. We invested in children's ministry and youth ministry. People responded to the call of God in their hearts. We saw ministries emerge like Food Bank, TLG, the prison ministry, Renew, Connect, and a chaplaincy, CAP, serving our community, just to name a few. The more jars that God filled. And Paul urges the Corinthians to seek to grow in your faith. How can we grow from here? Where we are right now. Or Paul would say, make love your aim. Eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit and use them for his glory. We need the gifts of the Spirit to encourage and to strengthen us. I sometimes wonder if we have stopped asking for more. Sometimes I settle for where I am. But there is so much more. We can pray for lots of things, but are we asking God for more of his Holy Spirit, for more of the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy? That picture of the psalmist hungering and thirsting for more. Prophecy can come in a simple word. I read this week from a prophet in the Old Testament, Haggai, and in chapter 1, verse 3, the prophet says, I am with you, says the Lord. And he sat down. And I believe that that word, I am with you, says the Lord, is a word for some of us watching here this morning. We need to hear that, that he is with us. He promises, I've got you. I read this amazing testimony this week. A deaf woman was attending a large Christian conference and there was sign language available during the talks but not in the time of worship. Yet in the time of that worship together, a tongue was given and an interpretation. And the interpretation was this, lay down your activities and seek me in silence. And the extraordinary thing was that this deaf woman heard it audibly, the tongue and the interpretation, and she knew it was for her. She wasn't healed of her deafness, but she heard God speak, and it changed the direction of her life. She knew what it meant. I remember my own journey to faith in Jesus. I started with a word from God. It was a very simple word. What about me? 
I remember hearing that word. And it changed the direction of my life. I knew what it meant. I had so many objections about how I couldn't become a Christian, so many excuses, but I'd never faced up to Jesus. And I knew it was Jesus speaking. God speaks. Paul encourages the Corinthians to come back to that first love, that longing after God. Make love your aim. Eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Paul desires that that church fulfills its potential in God. And as we pray for one another during this strange time when we cannot gather together, but we can grow in our faith wherever we are, and we can encourage one another with a, with a word or an email or a phone call, praying for one another, praying as a church that we would see God move in these days, that we'd see amazing things from God. Follow the way of love. Eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. Can I encourage you? If your prayer life has faltered, begin again. If you haven't picked up your Bible recently, pick it up again. If your walk with Jesus is not what you would want it to be, then start walking again. He loves you. He loves us. And ask for more. Even today, ask to be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit and take time to listen to his voice. Maybe carve out some time this week just for you and God to spend time in his presence. God can do extraordinary things with the simple things that we give to him. As we give to him all that we are and all that we have, he can do extraordinary things. In a moment, Sally's going to lead us in a song and encourage you as we listen to this song to ask God to come afresh by his spirit and fill you and fill his church that we might see glorious things for God together. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you that you gave Jesus, your only son, to be our saviour. Jesus, thank you that you laid aside your majesty, gave up everything for us. Thank you that you want us to know you and walk with you. Fill us again with your Holy Spirit. Fill your church here and around the nation and around the world that we might bring your good news to a lost and broken world. We long for you, God, for more of you. In Jesus' name, amen.